Have you been feeling a little underwhelmed by your tank's appearance? Looking for something to bring back that spark? Or should we say splash to your aquatic life? Look no further, because J4 Flowerhorns has just the solution for your aquarium blues. J4 Flowerhorns specializes in the flowerhorn with its stunning colors and majestic cock. Yes, you heard that right. K-O-K, the hump that makes all the difference. Think of it as a natural enhancement for your aquarium's appeal. No need for fancy filters or lighting tricks. Just one of J4's flower horns can raise your tank's profile from flaccid to fantastic. So why settle for a limp aquarium when you can have it bursting with life? Visit j4flowerhorns.com and use promo code AquariumGuys at checkout for 10% off your order. Side effects may include excessive pride, frequent glances, and a renewed love for your aquarium. Jimmy, we've gone too far. <laughs> what do you mean? The anal stuff or what? Well, uh, on that note, I'm your host, Rob Zolson. I'm Jim Colby. And I'm Adam Elmajar. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. What, the butt sex? Nope, nope. I don't know. So I was watching Shrek this weekend. Intros are very hard. First. Cold <laughs> opens, guys. <laughs> I was watching Shrek this weekend. <laughs> And he got kidnapped, and he goes, I've been ass-napped. And I thought that was pretty funny. Wait, was that actually in yeah. the movie? Yeah, I watched Shrek this week with my grandkids. Are you serious? Yeah. He goes, Shrek is the best movie ever. There's so many things in that movie. Oh, there's a lot my of My personal things. favorite is that big castle, where they have that giant tall castle with the two short castles on there. And Shrek goes, I think he's overcompensating for something. <laughs> I hate you people and your tangents, but you got me in this one. Have you guys watched the Smurf movie ever? You got to watch it with your grandkids. No. The entire movie is nothing but like a Def Jam comedy hour of level of swearing, but they replace every swear word with the word Smurf. I swear to God. <laughs> it's, it's the worst. But anyways, now to get our actual real schedule programming today, I'd like to introduce our guest, Oliver Spencer from Oliver's Aquatic Garden. Thank you, sir, for joining us. It's, a, it's an honor. It's an honor. Uh, you've been you. lurking around our community, <laughs> lurking, lurking around our community, <laughs> lurking for uh, since about the beginning. Honestly, so it's long overdue that we had you on the podcast. So I appreciate you holding out this long for us, brother. Uh, you know, I mean, I've been a fan for a while now, and I was like, I need to get on there. So I made it a priority now. So here I am. Well, I appreciate it. Welcome. And- For those that don't know, Oliver's Aquatic Garden is on YouTube. Check our show notes. We will have links to it. And you can go to oliversaquaticgarden.com to check out his website. And oh, my God, look, Jimmy, I'm actually on his website. We didn't talk to him about this, but there is a promo guy square (laughs) for a code. 100% off. I have like three or four in there. It says 100% off. Is that a typo? 100%? No, it's 10% off. 10%. On plant combos. <laughs> if it was 100%. I'm- yeah, he needs to make yeah, something. Yeah, made him look anyway. Right. So uh, check out the website while listening into the podcast. But we are having you on the podcast to talk about 
paludariums. If I'm yep, I have a habit of butchering every single word that has anything to do with extra vowels and everybody's name. So I'm super glad I nailed that one finally. That's true. So paludariums, I mean, like the name of it is palu means like everything. So when it says terrestrial and water, I believe it means the entirety of it. But uh, as far as the name goes, as far as the building, the building is it's very simple. It's a it's a terrestrial portion and a water portion in order to make a everything arium, you would say. So to go over the definition directly over the Wikipedia version, a paludarium is a type of vivarium that incorporates, like you said, terrestrial and aquatic elements as a requirement. A vivarium is an enclosed ecosystem of anything in a encapsulized environment. So we are of the vivarium culture that specifically does aquariums. And hopefully you'll teach us more about how to make some terrestrial corners in our aquariums today. Exactly. So, I mean, I had started off in the aquarium world for about four years out of my entire time in the hobby. I've been in it for like nine now, if you're including both the aquarium hobby and the and the uh, terrestrial hobby. So it started off when I was filling up one of my 75 gallons and I, I filled it off halfway and I was like, all right, what if I stopped right now? And I did. I stopped right then. I gave it a few times, but then I was like, let's come back and remaster this. And I came back and on that one video where I, uh, it was my highest viewed video on my YouTube channel. I had, I designed my first ever polydarium and oh, well, hold on. I, had, uh, I, I love that description. Yeah. I want to do that. Everything in life. Like, you know what? I built like half a car and I'm like, you know what? I just, I stopped there. Now Killing I, have, it. I have a convertible. I don't need to go any further. <laughs> I mean, really, it, it was just like that. Yeah. I feel like I'm good enough. Like, don't even worry about it. Like how many people just like give up? Like, you know what? I started on the top of the head. I don't need the sides. Just, just have just the hair up here. Reminds me, enough. Reminds me of my first marriage. I was like, eh, I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I have my kids. I'm done. Know. I'm done. It's perfect. It's perfect. We're over. I'm moving on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this. I just give up. I give up. Anyways, continue. That was a good one. I appreciate that. But uh, no, yeah. I mean, it, it was just something looking at it. I was like, man, that reminds me of like, like a slice of a swamp or something. So I was like man, let's incorporate some terrestrial animals in with these aquatic animals. Let's see what we can pick up. So I, uh, so I made that first video and oh, since so then, wait, I wait, wait, wait. this started long. all on your video on, on a YouTube cha uh, channel, it, th your entire act of doing a paludarium did not start outside alone in a private space. You did this for the world to see all of your mistakes. Yes. On the first video. Yes. Okay, walk us through how that went before people click your link and spoil it. All right, so obviously I'd gotten inspiration from my past aquariums, filling them up about halfway. So this time I was like, you know, I was starting off my polydarian plans. I had purchased all my equipment at like Lowe's and I, don't know, I think it was some pet stores, some fish stores. And I had recently come back moving for moving from Arkansas. So I had my, I had my brand new tank. So I was getting ready to get the polydarium started. And as I, as I wrote down these plans, I was like, Hey, let's put it on the YouTube channel. Cause prior to that was my, my channel was mainly a informational channel. And so I started to, I started to build my, my, uh, my frame, which your frame can consist of any kind of boards or bricks or large stones to elevate your, uh, what they call a fake bottom. Now, is it any different than a normal aquarium frame? Or are you talking a frame inside the aquarium? That's what I'm, I'm trying to envision, visualize here. There are, there are two ways to do it. You 
can do it with the, you can do a built-in frame. Like if you were to do a box inside of the aquarium and put things on top of that box to add elevation, it's it's a very, it varies on the style that you want to go. No, I'm still confused. Are we talking a frame outside the aquarium to lift up the aquarium itself? Or are we talking something inside to lift up the inner innards of the aquarium? Oh, I'm talking about a frame inside the aquarium. Okay, now I'm with you, brother. Something like PVC and egg crate. Sure. Exactly. Exactly. And so imagine if you're, you're, you're building yourself your frame and it's going to add height to the, to the box of your polydarium. I'm sketching it out as we speak, just to get a good reference, but doing it live, baby. Yeah. (laughs) I'm doing that. I'm building that box or that frame. You reinforce it with something simple as just hundred percent pure silicone. That's what you want to reinforce it as. So you don't want Uh, it loosey goosey. You want it stabilized. We, we, We all want it tight. You want it nice and tight, nice and tight. Exactly. So you want you have to have, you want to have your frame really nice and tight. Or if you're going the hardscape method, if you're doing it by hardscape instead of building a frame, you want to have all that siliconed in or tucked in and secured with the pond lining foam. And you said pond lining this, foam. Uh, I'm going to have questions. That's why I'm asking ahead of time. That sounds good. Pond lining foam. I don't know. They use it for obviously they do it for pond lining. When you're when you're building your pond or uh, you're messing with any kind of like filter intake, you can readjust things and um, secure things using like this. It, it's like a it's a spray foam that hardens into a uh, like a mold, a hardened mold. That makes sense. Uh, gotcha. So it, you use the sheets, not like the blocks that you cut. Yeah, use the use the sheets. In the okay. video, I used I used these type of plastic sheet boards. I've got the name in the video. If you want to check out the exact boards that I used and I reinforced them with that silicone and they held up really well when holding down 60, 70 pounds of hardscape and, and uh, soil. Damn, no, that's so, what I call, I call a foam shit. No, really, it was it was really it was really quality. Well, I mixed in I used to support the frame with silicone then I put the foam over it to give it an extra security, if that makes sense. Fair enough. Yeah, so I've got once you have your frame all sturdy, all set to go, I love to add a lot of the hardscape in in this step and this could be the hardscape going into your aquarium part or you could put the hardscape in the terrestrial part on top of your shelf so now i'm assuming by this time right you have some sort of frame done the aquarium part is that going to be sealed off from the terrestrial part or we're going to allow water to flow into the terrestrial part as part of the uh, system here what do you do on my personal polydariums i like to run water going underneath the shelf i think it acts as like a i don't think there's really necessarily a need to secure off a watertight seal from the aquarium portion and underneath the shelf do you feel that it, it acts kind of like a, as a filter it it acts as like a well you know how the larger the aquarium it is easier it is to keep the fish alive right yes it, it, it pretty much acts in that sense. So more surface area, the more biological filtration you're going to get. But on the other hand, you also have a potential for some of the smaller creatures in your tank to get caught in there, one. And two, wouldn't you worry about some detritus getting in there and causing, uh, I don't know, an ammonia leak? That is that is a thing that I've, I've, I've thought about, especially with the fish getting trapped in there. Don't let it get big enough for that? <laughs> yeah, don't. Well... I haven't built any. I haven't built any where the fish have gone through there. You're just you're just but built. You I mean, build better than that. Yeah, I haven't had any fish get trapped in there. And if I were to do, I would uh, 
I would have to, you know, re-strategize my entire build, but out of experience with building several of them now, I haven't haven't had that issue. As far as ammonia goes, I love to, which it, it carries on to the next step in which I go to. Um, after I align the hardscape and set it into place, this is when I'll add the soil, uh, the aqua soil or the dirt in like a dirt, dirted method aquarium. Uh, and after you know, after you add your substrate, I love to add plants. And I don't go skimpy on the plants. I go full send, like full send. You can't even. I mean, I, I throw in so many plants, it's hard to see. So uh, let's stop with the dirt. Then, is there any type of special recipe? Are you just going to use dirt that's going to be safe to get in the aquarium all around, or are you going to have some sort of cap that's only going to touch the water, and then the stuff above? will be terrestrial only. I would worry that anything you put in that tank would need to be some sort of aqua safe. Exactly. And, and they are aqua safe. Uh, the soils that I use, I use this, I use for my builds in my aquarium, I use some organic soil from, and this is going to sound crazy, but I'll take some soil, I'll bake it, I'll mix it in with some organic potting soil that is healthy to go for fish, and I mix it in both for my top layer and my layer in the aquarium. And then in the layer in the aquarium, I add a thick layer of sand. Sounds pretty straightforward to me. Very straightforward. I so, was really surprised how how easy the build was as I was doing it. So just to be to kind of go over this again, you want to make sure you have soil that isn't like Miracle Grow type stuff that has fertilizers and whatnot. You want something that's completely organic and safe for your fish, correct? Exactly. If you use something like Miracle Grow or one of the soils that has that heavy fertilization, it's gonna it's gonna kill your fish over time. Now, what do you do to filter the water? Is it just gonna be a completely planted tank, and you really don't use much filter besides oxygen or a sponge filter, or do you use some sort of mechanical filtration, uh, like some pump? I'm assuming you can't use a hang on the back filter unless it's real tall. So in my video polydarium, I used a sponge filter just to break up the surface agitation. And for my for some of my other polydariums, I use canister filters, but I have designed it to where there's a waterfall trickling down off of objects, whether it be wood or stone. But in majority of the other polydariums, I go completely filterless. Now explain where you're putting the water in this. Is it just like two sides, like you have a rectangular aquarium? Is it just two sides and the water's in the middle? You use one, uh, one particular side for the aquarium-esque portion of it or is there a special river you have throwing uh, flowing through this to get to the end what do you recommend what do you say that we should stay away from as far as designing these out of a traditional rectangle so the size of the tank does vary if i'm doing something like a 55 gallon long or a 55 gallon tall, it's gonna be very different depending on which one I go with. But for something like this 75 gallon traditional that I used in that video, you can really divide it up into quarters is what I like to do. And the most common way to do a polydarium is to leave the two front quarters that face, that you're facing closest to the aquarium in the aquarium portion uh, and have the back two quarters be terrestrial. Although you can change it up by leaving the back quarters, one of the back corners empty and having three thirds of the enclosure water or three thirds of the enclosure terrestrial. It, it's really customizable and it's up to you, but it's just gonna be determining on how you like it. Now, is there any risk using heaters in the aquariums? I always think that there's not enough space in these things to have traditional glass uh, heaters, but I completely underestimate the amount of space in these. They're generally uh, much bigger than I always anticipate when I see them. So that's where I I enjoyed the underwater portion of where I had my polydarium. And 
at the time it was risky when I was building it, but I enjoy putting a heater in the portion where it is underneath the terrestrial portion, if that makes sense. Ooh. Yeah, that makes sense so that the flowing water gets heated up and then it goes right into the tank. And it's exactly. And it's very protected. I feel like is, that's putting great. an electrical heat source underneath a, a dirt would be asking for a short out or something. But I guess that makes sense if, as long as you have water flow, right? How how it, deep is you? Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. no. Uh, the the heater is underneath in the. It's completely. It's not covered by any kind of soil. It's just completely underwater. Like, so you're making this okay, frame a, a shelf. This is a full on yes. accessible shelf underneath. Yes, accessible at after you've built it. No, that's what the risk I took. Well, how are you gonna get to that heater, my guy? Titanium grounding probe. <laughs> hey, hey, I've had the heater I used for that one was old, but what? In, in my other polydariums, I mean, it had lasted me a while. Oliver, I, I was Oliver. confident in my heater. Oliver, you're just like, God hey. bless you. You're there forever. Don't even worry about you. No, really. No, really. I, I, anyway, but for my other polydariums, I'll put the heater behind some hardscape in the aquarium. Okay. So when the heater craps out, you just go from having tropical fish to goldfish. <laughs> That's what I do. Exactly. We're, Damn right. We're doing we're doing endlers and white cloud mountain minnows. That's what we switch to, boys. Fiddler crabs. Okay. Is it fair to say, since you're, this is a, a uh, paludarium, you're going to have terrestrial creatures. Those creatures might have to be heated, so you might have heat lamps and other sources, and you might not even need a heater. Yeah. I mean, if it's a if it's a heat required animal like a terrestrial animal, like some types of frogs, then yes. I mean, obviously you're going to need a heat light, but. Um, I mean, damn, I'm good at segues. Let's talk about what you can put in these things without wrecking fish. Well, I want to. I want to know first of all: is there is the lid tight? Is it a glass lid? Is it a wire lid? Because if, if so you're from, go ahead. Oh, thank you. So for the all of the builds I've done are, are glass tight lids that uh, keep the humidity levels high in there. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I'm out. What do you mean I was going I wanted to have put like a tree out the top of mine. You know, well, you're you that still. I, all your critters are gonna call up, crawl out on your tree. Well, I was just gonna have oh, a bird right, with right, broken right, wings. Right, right. You know, or something. About that. What do you you snap off all the the little fiddler crab pinchers or what? Let's come out and run around your house. I mean, I saw a guy that took what was he getting? He was buying lobsters from a grocery store and then breaking off their uh, their claws and putting them in his fish tank. What the hell would you what do that? For? that? Why? Yeah, it was on. It was it's a guy on YouTube, and he, he he raised them up. Then he found out the claws grow back, and I don't know. I hope that they pinched him it's on the nuts. Him. Yeah, I was gonna say, ate the crab claws and hope for a redo. It's just a sad thing, but no, I just wanted a tree out top, and I wanted to somehow make sure that nothing because they can only crawl on the tree and couldn't jump off. But never mind, my dream's over. Like a big veiled animals, they'll jump. Yeah, fine, fine, take it away from me, Adam. So, what, what kind of livestock are you running in these type of tanks? Anything crazy? So, uh, in the dress, in the aquatic portion, I've done guppies, I've done paradise fish, I've done tetras, I've done pea puffers, I've done maybe a beta or two. Um, I've done quite a few fish. As for the terrestrial portion, I had in an update video, I added a one of those giant American millipedes. Ugh, ugh. So, I mean, exactly. That was my reaction. Oh, yeah, I'm those, in. Those as long as it's not a centipede, it. centipedes are worse. Centipedes look evil. Yeah, it's because they are. Here, here's the fun thing about centipedes. Fun fact: They will survive in the in the water part for up to an hour. And in fact, I know several people that do centipedes. I know one person really well. And she said that the whole the whole way you sex the giant centipedes is you just about drown them to see what sex organs they have. And then pull oh. them out of the water to look at them. And when you're done looking at them, so they don't bite you. Good oh, Lord. Is, so slap them around a little bit. 
Check out their junk. <laughs> Good yep, lord. That's what they like, apparently. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we just went off the fucking uh, deep end pretty quick here. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, all right. Don't, keep lids on your tanks and beat your centipedes. Got so, it. So you've got centipedes, yes. millipedes. You, you do dart frogs. You do uh, firebelly toads. You do fiddler crabs. Anything like that? Uh, I would love, love, love to get some dart frogs on my hands in that sense. But, man, I haven't I have had bad luck looking for them uh, near me. But outside of the millipede, you know, you're going to stock it up. I stocked mine up with some isopods, some bumblebee millipedes, a whole lot of creepy crawly insects. And then I could throw in, I threw in some American toads and they liked it. But I, after I've kept that main one from the video and I kept all the terrestrial animals, I had, uh, it just, I fell in love more with the fish side than I did with the terrestrial side. And I really haven't been keeping that many terrestrial animals in my other polydermes. Vampire crabs and, and uh, red devil crabs. So what you're saying is you're keeping semi-aquatic stuff like like uh, Adam just mentioned? Not yet. I've been doing a lot of the terrestrial portions just empty without any animals yet. They're just waiting for good excuses to get a vampire crab? Come on now. The ones I've done in the past. I'm waiting for like something good to come up. Good yeah. to come up. Mud, really mud skippers. That's what he needs. ASAP. Ooh, that'd be perfect for a brackish one. And then you could have the f***ing trees that you buy. The trees. Um, yeah, you could, you could definitely. Well, I don't know. Those mangroves. Climb, don't they? Don't they climb pretty well? Mangroves? Don't yeah, they, they grow can't slow? Climb up, they can't, yeah, you can put mangroves in there, but I don't think they can climb, climb straight up a tree. Trim them. You know what I'm saying? Oh, the, the creatures, the crabs. Yes. Trim your bush. Trim. No. <laughs> that should be a new t-shirt. You know that? Trim your bush. Thank That's you. Hilarious. That was that was real beneficial. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to help. You're helping. You know, the, the last time I had one of these crazy things, Whisper products used to come out with one where the river ran through it. I remember it. that. I've still got two of them. And you know what? If you go online, you can find them for like $110. I think I paid $30 Hold for on. brand new. I'm going to pause you because we're going to have questions. What the hell are you talking about? I know what you're talking about. Tell the audience what you're talking about. Oh, my God. What was it called, Adam? Remember? Whisper Magic uh, River or some stupid shit yeah, like that? Yeah, Whisper, Whisper River System. And anyway, it was just a little... Petra had it, too. Right. And they made them for quite a while, and they were various... And what I used them a lot for in some of my stores is I, I'd have like buy a, a very shallow tank, like a 33 gallon long, which they don't make anymore. It's one of my favorite tanks and you could run the river system through it and just kind of slope off the gravel on one side. And those fiddler crabs would go in and out of there all day long and stuff. And I would just throw in 50 feeder guppies in there at a crack and they would just go in and grab them and come back out and go, I got a feeder guppy, buddy. So uh, the way that I can describe this is you take, was it a 20 long that's made for? At 40? least. Yeah. At least a 20. Yeah. It, they're, they're pre-made plastic units for a rectangular aquarium. You go in and it has a divider where it's supposed to be made for one side being an aquarium, uh, the other side having dirt for a terrestrial area, right? And this is the divider it makes. And it has a river system where it can push water through from the aquarium and then push it through a fake little plastic river through the dirt. And it, it's like a pre-done guide for your paludarium. And that's what uh, Jimmy was using so he could, you know, have huh. a live supply of feeder guppies for his crabs. Yeah, it was a lot of, I mean, people love those things. And, and when they first came out, they sold a crap load of those things. I've only seen them twice in the last 10 years, and they were extremely expensive used. Yeah, I was going to say, I've seen them for $110. I think I paid $30 for them probably wholesale back in the day. I think it was 150 bucks, and it wasn't even completely complete. All right. And so anyway, I'm, you know what? I'm going to set mine back up because we're going to do, do a tour of my fish room here in a few, next month or so. And I'm gonna Next set, month? Next month or so, yeah. All right. Hey, get off my ass. I'm, I got to get you on your you ass. You know what I'm going to get you for Christmas? I'm going to get you handrails installed on my ass because you ride me so hard. <laughs> hey. That's what I'm getting you. 
But anyway, uh, enjoy the view. Yeah, it was so cool having all those little fiddler crabs in there, and they would run in and out of the water, and people at the store sit there and watch these things. And you know how the fiddler crab will sit there and just kind of wave their hand like this here It's like, "What's up? What's up, mother?" And we sold just tons and tons of fiddler crabs, and then people would take them and buy them and put them in their in their aquarium, and they would die because they couldn't get out and get some air. That's yeah, what, that's the, what what a gimmick. Jimmy. I sold lots of them. What a gimmick. Yeah, for those of you listening, the fiddler crabs need to be able to climb up a plant at least to the top to to grab some air. You sure should. You sure should. But uh, Oliver, what shouldn't you put in a paludarium as far as as far Uh, as creatures? When I I I experimented, I think any type of fish can go as long as you know you know you know your fish. What type of like you know aggressive fish? It's just like an aquarium that just. You know, half full. As far as terrestrial animals go, I had some bad. T- I didn't had times with some geckos. I don't think some geckos end up drowning. So you see the gecko? Did you try? I just I used some common Mediterranean geckos. Yeah, they don't swim well. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it's just a little trial and error. Yeah, I wouldn't use it. I wouldn't put any expensive fish in there because they this tend to not do well unless they you've got a deep enough tank how deep is the water in your tank i agree let's see it was about half of a 75 gallon so i'd probably say about 32 33 gallons yeah so that's that's pretty sizable that's that's a lot of a lot of water you can put uh, a lot of cool fish in there most of them uh these tanks do high flow if you're gonna have the river system so Mm -hmm. you know angle towards that corridor is i know excel in a lot of these environments in fact uh, I have friends with uh, paludariums where they breed better than any other aquarium that they've set up, thanks to that lovely, uh, you know, the flow flow system. Yeah, I've I've seen some pretty exactly. cool ones. Corys would love it. I've seen some pretty cool ones too that have had uh, some beautiful longfin gold danios in there, and for some reason, just because of the low level of the water and how fast they are, with enough with the right lighting, it just sits there and flashes and flashes, and that's that's beautiful when you see a lot of action in your tank. Well, I, I got one to add. And for those who have listened to our story times of past, I did a, many years ago a paludarium for school. It had a beta. It had these green African tree frogs. And I don't know what species it was for the damn life of me. They were just green, some sort of tree frog. They didn't have the red eyes, kind of like you see in the magazines. But they were definitely bright green tree frogs. And for some reason, the at night, they just screamed. Adam, I think you told me what they were during the story time. They literally sounded like someone was being chased or attempted rape. It was bloody murder. Yeah. Just, ah! It was awful. So uh, stay away from tree frogs at no, all costs. Those are the best things for it. No, f- that. No, I like, I, I like Adam's work, too. I, think, I love tree frogs in there. But if you get a bunch of them, when I used to wholesale them and bring them in, I bring in like 50 at a crack, put them in a tank. And my God, after dark, it just, you, what the hell's going on over in that corner? They can chatter so loud. Yeah, so if you're going to have this at your home where you're sleeping, don't. You know what? Put it next to your hamster cage because your hamster's up on the wheel all night anyway. That, that hamster will <laughs> die of a heart attack, 100%. Uh-huh. Put the hamster in the pilot area. There oh, that's go. another bad hey, idea. Hey, that, that's something. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh. Your hamster will di- uh, drown. Why? Because I had friends that tried mm. that. What about that cool guy on the internet? That put- enough- wait, 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 wait. Who's dumb enough to put a fucking hamster in a fish tank? Hamcher. Hamcher. We've seen this before on the internet. Yeah, the guy that makes. We talked about it a whole episode on it, Adam. The lunatic. The yeah, cra- the, guy the crazy that, guy. Yeah. He makes oh. his, the submerged enclosures for hamsters. That guy's got fucking issues. 
Jeez. That that is a that is a very odd thing to be interested in. Now, did you did you listen to our little uh, podcast on that one, Oliver? Yeah. Was it in the same episode with the with that teenage teenager that like bred like a million frogs? Yeah, frog army guy. Yeah. By the way, I'm oh. pretty sure he got sued. That was disturbing. Yeah. Still is disturbing. <laughs> Why did he get sued? I think the city sued him. Went after him. Yeah. Um, but I think that the, he was let go due to mental. Uh, this is just me guessing. Hi, complete hyperbole. I have no facts for this. I just have some gut feelings from some uh, details I found. I think that he kind of got away with it because of uh, mental handicaps. So that is hilarious. Don't know. No, no way. Just, just my speculation. So has anybody got any, any ideas of what would be really cool? And then people out there listening right now, if you could just send us what you think would look really cool in there. I mean, I think a little pterodactyl dinosaur would be cool. Well, you remember those Japanese bug wrestling, Jimmy? No. Back in the day, okay. When they I was hated those shows, when I was a kid, it was the coolest shit. You go on the internet and you watch this Japanese bug wrestling, and you find all these cool giant ass beetles and all these you know scorpions and whatnot. And Ooh, that'd be a good one. I thought it was the coolest thing, but the the problem was is they put them in such white plastic vanilla glass surroundings with nothing in them. I think that you need a you know a natural area with a water gauntlet you need some actual features so you need a paludarium to uh put down the the bug gauntlet you know it would be cool to be an elephant dung beetle i don't know we're gonna get elephant dung to keep this beetle busy but those things are so cool or a rhinoceros beetle just to roll the shit into the aquarium and kill you just roll back and forth i mean just ammonia bomb Um, so somebody keeps putting on their green and oles. Actually, I don't know if you know this guy, Philippe de Vosili, He wrote a book on these, on paludariums. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might have the book somewhere in one of my collections. I think he didn't use them because they were kind of dumb and they'd hit the water and they'd drown. They're right. kind of like Mediterranean geckos. You'd need something that's semi-aquatic. Bacillus glizzards, if, you're, if your tank is big enough. Water dragons, if your tank is big enough. There's some smaller, there is a few species of green and oles. Uh, not green knolls. There's a few species of anoles. There's a completely aquatic species of anole that actually stores air in the bub- in a bubble above its nose, and it'll dive and it'll hunt fish. Oh, um, that'd be sweet. That yeah, would be the one. On that. I may or may not know some people that have them because, <laughs> as far as I know, they're special. He's and I use that. that in quotes. But you'd want something that's aquatic that can go back and forth. So most people go put newts toads that type of thing you know fire belly toads they're actually very destructive they dig a lot and before your people start messaging the jesus lizard those things are too big and need way too much space to ever put in a box <laughs> if it's big enough yeah that's oh turtles would be a good one too yeah well turtles would dig it up too but yeah turtles would work you know um, just that'd be a big paludarium for a turtle though you have to have like at least 125 to start musk turtles yeah. musk turtles get about four inches and they would probably work depending on how much land you have but then we're talking about a usda banned turtle you know what i'm saying you know right now you, you can go online and buy baby turtles for educational purposes and I just age Jimmy. No, you can't. We're not telling people to buy, but you know, if you happen to find a website on your own without our recommendations, you know. So, so I saw the cutest alligator would be amazing. I saw the cutest little red ear albino slider, and it was only like eight nine hundred dollars. But god dang, it was cute as a button. <laughs> the um, you know, talking about about turtles real quick. So uh, my wife and I are going on vacation here in the near future, and they have a 
place where you can go with these sea turtles and go swimming with the sea turtles. Do you know it's three times more the price than anything else for an excursion you can do off the ship? The sea turtles? To go swimming with sea turtles. I'm going, is that illegal or is, is it not? Is this it, the it, rock band thing? <laughs> yeah. They're federally protected. That's what I'm saying. But they're, they're selling. They're usually space. Hold on. Hold on. No. Uh, aren't the uh, sea cows, uh, sea cows. <laughs> manatees, aren't they federally protected and we can still swim with those sons of bitches? Oh. Yeah, we did that. Yeah. yeah. That has yeah not only with can it. you swim with them, they, they, didn't they bust a woman for like bareback riding one? Yeah. Yeah, you can't touch them. They tell you that when you go swimming. <laughs> yeah. So Rob's and I and our, our wives. They, we, we were feeding them. They gave us food for the fishers. Yeah. And we were in Florida. And it's the only place you, you legally can go swim with the manatees in the world. And the Florida DNR are sitting, sitting right there on the shore watching you uh, swim with these things and stuff. And, and, and if they pre- approach you, that's fine. But you can't approach them. It's kind of like things, women at a bar. I don't know. <laughs> it was fun getting in a, a little uh, black teddy in front of them, though. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Sexy. <laughs> Sexy. <laughs> All right, um, we're getting off oh, topic. I like that. Baby alligator. Baby alligator. Manatee consent. Manatee <laughs> consent. If you want a baby alligator, I will message you after the show or I can let you know I, I a couple I places. I've got connections too. I can you do too? Yeah. yeah. It, I was going to say, alligators are pretty easy. Hey, tw- tw- y'all know I've been bitten by one, right? That explains a few things. That you've it been. does. The um, Back in the day when I was buying from Seagrass Farms, they sold caiman. For a long time, they don't evil and they and they are more aggressive than an alligator or a crocodile. I enjoy came yep. and uh, I would buy them. And I remember my kids, my kids took them to school for show and tell. And I, some, somebody would buy a couple of them, and I was paying at that time wholesale like twenty five dollars a piece. And I'd hold, I'd, I'd buy them for twenty five. I'd sell them for fifty five, sixty bucks, and they were selling them for one twenty nine. Hold your son. My son now is in his thirties. Right, so I'm the same age as your son. Like I brought a 12 inch buck knife to school. You know, right? He brought a caiman. You know, it, it, it was a good time. You <laughs> Times know, have had, changed, we, people. We had fruit to school. We had fruit roll ups and Captain Planet. It was a good time. <laughs> Anyways, we're we're totally off topic. I, I got more questions that I've been messaged to prep for this. Uh, how do you deal with excrement in the tank? Is there any particular species you got to be concerned about with their uh, terrestrial shit that would do adverse things in the uh, aquarium side of the paludarium? Mm, let's see. As far as the terrestrial side, no. However, I I, uh, I don't think I don't think placos would be very good in the aquatic side though i think that make your i think it'd make it 10 times difficult why uh like those don't i mean they just i mean they crap everywhere dude. well i'm not worried about aquatic shit i'm thinking like is there a tortoise like a baby tortoise that you put in and somehow that tortoise has some weird acidic shit that once hit the water would crap out my neon tetris not that i'm aware of not that i'm aware of all right that hasn't been a problem for you turtle not tortoise oh no swim well don't let it drown you know definitely drowns it needs to drink maybe salcotta tortoises will float for a little bit a little bit can <laughs> confirm oh. yeah I used Man, to I, I, i've seen so many of those videos on tiktok where they like oh we saved this baby turtle it's a dang tortoise and they throw it in the freaking ocean oh <laughs> and it's like it's terrible hey my favorite one i don't want to call out the guy because i already did and it pissed me off but there's a famous uh gentleman on on youtube and he did what i was called the goldfish roller coaster where he took and bought a bunch of feeder goldfish from a Petco and then put them through this like hundred foot plastic tube and then funneled them to his bathtub for fun. <laughs> I saw that. Was that. <laughs> oh, nothing wanted me to delete YouTube app off my phone more. Oh, Lord. Uh, so, 
something I've been watching now for the last couple of weeks, and I've I've talked about this to Adam off air, and it's a, a new program called Extinct or Not, something like that, right? Extinct or Alive. I'm addicted. I've watched yeah. every season. Have you seen the one now where they go find the... Forrest tr- Galante is my sexual right. serpent. Where they find the freaking tortoise on yes. the island, and the first thing they do is they pick it up, they kiss it, they love on it, they hug it, and then they tie the son of a bitch up, and they take it across the island, and they take it home. Well, why? Because it was extinct. Why? No, no, yeah. no. Like, like, why are you mad about that? Well, I mean, if this tortoise has lived on this island for its entire oh, life... Jimmy, Jimmy, and, and you're now, not painting out the picture here. It was on a volcanic, I mean, unstable island that it was a miracle that it found a piece of grass to live off of for a hundred years by itself. All we right? don't know if it's by itself. Oh, they, they searched the entire island. Oh, they, it's a very small At the very island. end, they said they're out searching for a male right now. Yeah, for, on other islands. Uh, this that turtle that they got was they said it's the only island they've ever found it on. Yeah, and it hadn't been like what eighteen ninety eight or something like yeah, that. They, literally, the last known specimen was one that a pirate cut open right. to eat on a ship. Yeah, because they used to. They said they used to buy or get, steal these things off the island, and then they would just put them on the ship alive, let them roam around, and then when it was time to eat something, they just kill the tortoise and eat the meat. Yeah, because before they had coolers or freezers or salted meat, they would just keep tortoises on ships. Right. Yeah. But so I'm just like, okay, yeah. so this one is the only one in existence, so we're going to take it and put it on a pet and zoo farm. Yeah, because it's like one gas cloud away from getting killed on the volcanic island it was on. So this thing hasn't seen humans in its entire life and the first thing they do is pick it up and kiss it. Yeah. Come on. This guy might have had herpes or some sort of vaginal honestly, things. We don't know. Honestly, if that if that's an that STD, is so wrong. it's an STD I want. Oh my god, you freaking oh. zoo. Because we know that that came from Blackbeard himself. Oh god. So yeah. <laughs> So we stole so, this. We stole this, and we put it on on this turtle sanctuary, and we're hoping to find a male. If we don't, well, we're just gonna make this one fatter. Can you imagine Forrest Galante sitting in the uh, ER? It's like, uh, excuse me, uh, the test results came back, and we haven't seen this strain of uh, herpes. <laughs> turtle herpes. <laughs> uh, we haven't seen this strain since we actually uh, found it from a uh, fossil record in the Caribbean. So. Right. Uh, where were you? Anyway, great program. Really enjoy it. I like how Forrest Galante can take rare and endangered shit, and he's quote unquote saving it. And I do that, and I'm vilified. And it's that's right, Adam. All right, everybody else. You know what? Let's save that for the pissy Aquarius program that we're going to come up with here shortly. So, <laughs> hey there, listeners. One of the best parts of creating this podcast is getting to connect with all of you. If you've been loving the content and are craving more, we'd like to invite you to become a premium member of our podcast family. By joining, you'll unlock a treasure trove of bonus content. We're talking extended episodes, behind-the-scenes peaks, and special episodes that only our members get to hear. Now, here's the best part. You can join us through Discord or Patreon, but we've got a little insider tip for you. If you join us through Discord, you'll get the same fantastic benefits, but at a lower cost. That's because while we love Patreon, they do take a larger percentage of the donations. So by joining through Discord, you're not only getting a better deal, but you're also ensuring more of your support goes directly towards making the podcast even better. No matter how you choose to join, your support means the world to us. It helps us keep the lights on and continue bringing you the content you love. If you're unable to subscribe at this time, please still consider joining the Aquarium Guys Discord server and become a part of our very active, helpful, entertaining, and inspiring 
inspiring Discord community of more than a thousand listeners. So what are you waiting for? Click the link in the episode description to join our Discord community or our Patreon. And please consider subscribing to support the podcast. But remember, Discord is the way to go for that extra savings. Thank you for listening and considering supporting us. Your help allows us to grow and create even more amazing content for you. Now back to the show. <laughs> All right, but we 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 gotta we gotta come up with the the final uh, questions here that we have pre-listed first. I gotta go with the uh, the the chat here. I'm just making sure conehead lizards. That's not a thing, is it? Yeah, it is. Is it? There's actually a guy in Minnesota that's breeding them. I think he's on our podcast. No shit. All right. So, so yeah. what, what's the? Never even heard of that many people breeding them, and he's one of the few. Is it very a, good? Is it a large lizard? Or is it a small lizard? What it's, is it? It's like an eight to twelve inch lizard. It's kind of it's it looks like a, a gama, but it's got a weird. It's related to agamas. I, okay, I thought that was last extinct in 1993 with the movie. Probably. No. All right. For those of for those of you who haven't followed this program for the whole length that we've had it, Adam is kind of our resident reptile herp. guy. He, he's, he's a oh herpetologist type he, guy. He, yeah, he, he's the herp specialist. Here. I, I thought you said perv. Per, that's no, no, that that's you. We were talking about the podcast like last time he got drunk, and it was you know he painted his penis to look green to and I quote look like a sexual serpent capable of spitting its venom everywhere. Oh, the Egyptian spitting cobra. Yes, I've heard this story. <laughs> <laughs> what was your? What was it? A W? No, no, no. no. Uh, driving while Arab. D W A. That's D W A. So Adam is a good guy, and when he was younger, he would take his fellow buddies out drinking, and you had the most sketchy van. Your, your yeah. Your grandmother owned like a minivan, right? Yeah, it was like a minivan. Yeah. And it had a little ramp on it and stuff, and Adam would would load up all his buddies on this thing, take them out. And get them drunk and then drive them all home. And, of course, they'd pull out at 1 o'clock in the morning and they'd get pulled over because all his buddies are hanging out the window hooping and hollering like a bunch of six-year-olds. And then uh, they'd pull up Adam and go, you know why we pulled you over? And Adam said, what? DWA? He goes, what's that? I would just like... Driving while Arab. Driving while Arab. I would just like lean in the back like, guys, we're in a med event. Just pretend to be retarded. Just lean into it. (laughs) I don't even worry about it. Like, do the me drink? No, these guys are retarded. Don't worry about it. All right, we do get another question. What is it? Uh, how do you handle erosion in flowing tanks? For instance, if you're using sand or other substrates with a river, how do you handle the erosions in it? Do you use glue or other compounds? That is a great question. That is, that is a really good question. So in the terrestrial portion, that's what the frame is all about, is making sure there's no, making sure you have everything secured. So when you add your soil to the frame, everything should be in line. If not, you can go back and tweak it for the water is uh, put into the polydarium. In the aquatic portion, let's see. I haven't haven't had any issues with the substrate coming undone with flow. Although I'm sure if you have too high of a power jet, it would definitely like the sand would get kicked up for sure. But I keep my levels when they're when they're with flow uh, at a point where they don't when they don't fall down and hit the sand. And if they do, I'll readjust the pump. I mean, it, it's really sure. up to the flow in, in that sense. Now I got a quick question. Could I? Like if I'm doing one of these where I, I'm running an under gravel or underwater pump to the corner of my tank, could I take like a piece of, of pond liner and do like a six inches wide and, and two and a half foot long and kind of bury that under the gravel and put clean gravel and, and river rock on top of that? Would that work? Exactly. And, and and that does, not only will that work, there are other examples of people doing it. I haven't done that. I was going to do that method for my second build, which 
the, the footage got corrupted. But but that method does work. And there's this guy on YouTube who do it really, really well. He made like these intricate tunnel systems of it. I can't remember, but he, he was really good at it. But yes, you can do that. Okay. That sounds uh, like an easy way to keep the, the erosion from moving around. Don't worry. There will be exactly. details in our show notes where Oliver will send us follow-up information. And I'm assuming uh, you can check his feed for, uh, you know, after actions on his own YouTube channel. Now, exactly. another question I got from a user. I built a polydarium. I uh, built a frame. I put in my frame and glued it like you told me to. I have built my system. I ran it for quite a long time. And now my frame's super stinky. I'd like to take it out. Why did you make me glue it? <laughs> super stinky. The frame stinks. Yeah, I want to access it, clean it out, take care of it. Why, why did you make me glue it? Dang. Why does it stink, Robbie? Uh, that's what I want. Got, I want him to address here. Make any sense. I'm, I'm tossing him a low, easy ball here. I have not had that happen. I mean, I usually let the, I usually go the natural route and let the roots get in there, but I haven't had it get. What's the definition of dirty? Are you talking algae? No, or stinky. Not dirty. Stinky. 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 It looks fine. Man, Everything's good to go, have, brother. It just smells bad. Now. Smells bad. That means mm-hmm. something probably got underneath there and died. Yeah, dead. And that's not a good sign. That would mean you probably have to take it down and take it out. All right. Now, is there any other uh, methods in case something didn't go and it was just bacteria? Do you have any solutions? Yes, there would, it would there would be a way that you could poke some holes into it. Like if it was an anaerobic buildup, you could try accessing it through the terrestrial portion uh, where you don't have to take it all down. Like how would I explain it? Kind of like cutting a hole through the roof of it and letting it get some air. I mean, it sure it'd be nasty, but it'd smell quite a bit, but let it get some fresh air down there. <laughs> all right, I'm going to beat you to the punch here. So I've seen this in a lot of forums and a lot of comments. Absolutely getting air is a great one. Try to access it. Find the source of the stinkiness because something probably crawled in there or slipped in there somehow. Uh, but the last case ditch uh, scenario before you rip apart your scape would be to prime that bitch apart. Sometimes you just get an excess buildup inside of it. Something got cruddy in somewhere and it built up over time. It doesn't smell well. Dump prime into it or some other. Uh, <laughs> Add more like stink to it. Add some prime. <laughs> So it basically, it's kind of like chili night at the Olsen house. Is that what you're saying? Are, are, are you trying to like clear up why it stinks at your house after chili night? I gotta have something to blame it on it for sake. Come on now. I think if you have y'all seen those, go ahead. Oh, no, nope. have y'all seen those aquariums where they don't feed them and they have the I can't remember what type of fish, but they would eat off a leaf, leaf litter. I just sent Robbie and Adam one today where the guy was doing a, a jar with freaking tiger barbs. It was, a, it was a, not just a jar, right? He let no surface area. He filled it all the way up to the top and then covered it with a plant pot. So there was literally no surface area agitation. And then he just trapped barbs underneath it. It was so much fun. Anyway, was that a, was that like a YouTube video? Yes, it, it was. It's our, it's our, it's our boy fish for thought. You know, the, the, really? ki- the king of shitting on aquariums. Shout out to he you, my friend. And, 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 and what, what happened in the first minute, Robs? Uh, you know, I don't want to call him out. Because we don't own the patent on ducks for censoring our <laughs> swear words. I feel it's more of an homage because he's a secret fan of ours. And if you, uh, Mr. Fish for Thought, uh, are a fan of ours, reach out because we'll st- I would love to shit on, on some aquariums with you. Yeah, come on on. You know what I'm saying? I was watching that watching that today and I was into the first minute and all of a sudden he says something and he goes, quack. And I go, son of a bitch. And I sent that to Robbie and Adam. Jimmy's a big fan of yours. I am. I'm just going to say. Jimmy's a big I'm fan. just going, why, you know, since you got tiger barbs in that jar, and, and here again, it wasn't his jar. He was just crapping on people and stuff. 
I mean, is the only reason you didn't put a six-inch goldfish in there because you couldn't get it through the neck of the bottle, or what's the deal? You know. No, I'm being serious about My, that prime recommendation. By the way, before we can move on, add and stink to stink. No, no, no. Like if you're having an ammonia buildup, you have just schmoo and schmoo build up somewhere in a pocket, <laughs> and you do a, a a prime blowout. It it has worked for a few of my friends. So you're saying do a a prime flush anima yeah a prime of prime flush and it does work oh, now no. when you do this your butthole's gonna you gotta so you gotta remove it's it's basically like a hundred percent water change and you do and it can burn your plants as well so it is a last ditch effort before you tear apart your paludarium <laughs> burn your yeah burn your yeah, eyes and, and your thing, uh, a water change would really help that out too yeah, this is this is a hail mary pass once you've exhausted <laughs> all other efforts but oh yeah thank yeah. you just so you guys know zoomed has a book on paludarium and uh, with a big suggestion list of animals. Now that's a company I love, by the way. Zoomed, yep. good, yeah. good company. Zoomed, yeah, really good place. I love that. And, and I mean, that's what I really like about polydariums. I mean, you can combine both the terrarium world and the aquarium world, and you can have like endless opportunities of stocking to an extent. To an extent. You know, the other thing I'll say that I used to buy and get in that were really cool, and I don't know if Adam remembers or not. We used to get in the green vine snakes. Those and, things were awesome. And and they were, I mean, even small ones were 10, 12 inches, but they were so beautiful. And they reminded me a little bit of, of the green anaconda color. And I think that in there would be cool because then you could throw a small mouse in there once in a while. And- Man, I'm going to stop you boys before you start reminiscing about getting a Goliath frog and telling you to put it in a 40 gallon. So uh, we're going we're gonna to let uh, Oliver wrap it up here. Uh, what are we missing, brother? What what uh, what haven't we talked about? Tarantulas. All right. So we've talked about we've talked about if there's anything that falls behind. Uh, the cleaning for the polydariums, it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, it's very similar to just a water change uh, in the aquarium. You know, unplug your uh, equipment, get in there, get the waste off the ground. If you're not running as many plants as I usually do in my polydariums, the aquarium portion very don't dirt that portion of the aquarium if that makes sense do just a sand or gravel substrate makes sense to me what, what would you suggest for a starter plant for a yuckhead like me and rob and adam so I mean- for starting plants about 99 percent of the aquarium plants y'all have can be transferred over to the terrestrial side so that's where like if you have something like alternanthera you can grow it both in the water and outside the water those like alternanthera reconi amazon swords any kind of floating plant obviously very hardy aquatic plants are really great ter- terrestrial plants to grow in the terrestrial portion and they look they look different than their submerged form too can you do you, you know what'd be awesome the plant what the, the, plant. Plant. the plant. I need to get my hands on that. Well, I'll tell you what, Oliver. You uh, you let us know, and we'll ship you some. <laughs> yep. Will Anubius and Crypt- Crips uh, do well? Uh, Anubius and Crips would do fantastic. I've done, I've done brown Crips. Basically, every single plant except for... Pothos. Guppy grass, Kambomba, and Valisneri, if you want to do both portions. Now, if you just want to do the aquatics, you can put those in there. But What about Pothos? Really, almost any... Pothos will work. So many of those. Hold different, on. All different types. Hold. Any kind of house plant you have. Hold, hold on. Put it in there. Pothos, uh, pothos is uh, toxic when the roots are broken. So why would I risk breaking roots and letting that get into my water? The roots don't usually break. Well, I'm dumb and I yeah. move myself around and I break roots, brother. Well, I mean, I had your fish twenty vines in there and they didn't break. So I mean, all right. Uh, here's- I literally would have pothos with some of the most rarest geckos that you could think of, and they were perfect with it. Never had yeah. an issue. All right. I know. Yeah. Don't be a Debbie Donor, Rob. 
I know that this is going to be like a pro tip. Like I, I haven't done a ton of these things, but I've done a few. And my personal favorite, because it stays short, it finds nice, it really <laughs> pulls don't, off. Don't talk about your PP. No, 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 no. You said it stays small. I, I don't have short. I don't have the real name. I had to Google it. The, the not, common name is insensitive, and I'd like to apologize penis. to uh, to our Jewish audience, but it's called a creeping Jew commonly. Uh, uh, it's the yeah, it's the inch plant. I think it's a purple, beautiful purple plant. The wandering Jew, it, uh, the creeping Jew, whatever it is. I think, I think it's transcantia, isn't it? Yes, Sounds about right. Yeah, because you're. Kind of being yeah. insensitive, you dick. Well, I have a bunch of white people handing me plants that are ninety years old. What are they going to call it? They're the same people that call Brazil nuts the 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 N word. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the Nigerian one. Yeah. <laughs> calls him that all the time as he eats them. For those that don't know, look up uh, N word toes. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> Your grandma knows what that means. Oh, she um, still calls them. Yeah, see, yeah, that, that was <laughs> our audience here. My grandma still calls them that. See, anyways. Regardless, uh, you give her a go. If you, you need some help, uh, Oliver's Aquatic Garden on YouTube. You'll find the uh, link in the show notes. Otherwise, you can check out his website directly, oliversgarden.com. Promo code Aquarium Guys for 10% off plants, I believe, at checkout. Yes. Did not know about that promo code till literally we hit record and I found it on the website. Thanks for the uh, for, for the fun there, uh, Oliver. Brother, you got some last notes for these uh, these fun people? This portion of the audio is available for Discord and Patreon supporters only. Check this episode's show notes for more information on how to become a supporter to unlock this content and much more. There you go. If you were here to deal with the microphone issues, you get that code. There you go. You know, Rob, yeah. you should buy him a new microphone just for being a dickwad <laughs> last week when we, we had him on and you're going, your microphone sucks. Your microphone sucks. And he you goes, well, I'm trying and you go, it still sucks. When Oliver Go hears his one. sultry voice on this recording. He's going to just be he like, does, you know what? Rob's was right. He does sound sexy. I'm glad I waited. That's what he's going to say. Good. No, I'm not. I'm not. There was no rush. Getting the audio right was right. Yeah. <laughs> and now when you, you know, do sexy videos and stuff, it'd be even better. You can do it. Because well, some of those microphones have like a Barry White filter on it. Yeah. Ooh. Give us give us a little uh, your Barry White outro before I hit end. Yeah, uh, you know what? I'll go a little uh, young gravy action. There we go, Minnesota classic. Let's see, Minnesota. Yeah, let me think. Um, yeah, that's beautiful, uh, baby. Yeah, that's amazing. That is beautiful. amazing. Wow, that is amazing. Your your badunk dunk. All right, makes me want to <laughs> junk a junk. There. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. Bye. Thanks, guys, for listening to the podcast. Please go to your favorite place where podcasts are found, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever they can be found. Like, subscribe, and make sure you get push notifications directly to your phone so you don't miss great content like this. We all want to type. As an STD, I want. Ugh. Ugh. Ooh. What, the butt sex? I hope that they pinched him on the nuts. No, I'm still confused. Trim your bush. I hate you people. <laughs> so slap them around a little bit. Check out their junk. You know what I'm going to get you for Christmas? I'm going to get you handrails installed on my ass because you ride me so hard. That guy's got issues. Don't be a Debbie Donor. Ah!